Hey everyone, you're listening to Little Bit of Life Podcast with Little. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and the occasional ridiculous chats about everything that we seem to think but don't say. Very little is off limits. Sit back, enjoy, and let's get started. Today's episode is sponsored by Bella Sante Health, founded locally here in Tucson, Arizona in 2019 by a group of medical professionals and athletes. That's why they have a scientific approach to health and a commitment to excellence in everything that they do. They utilize 99.9% pure hemp isolate grown in Colorado. With less than 0.3% THC, their CBD products are legal in all 50 states for every need you could possibly have. Make sure to check them out in the bio for your free consultation. Hey guys, and welcome into another episode of Little Bit of Life Podcast with Little. I have one of the strongest, most amazing women on my podcast today as my guest. She needs no introduction at all. You might know her from TikTok. And we're going to talk about how we have to learn to listen medically to our bodies, even when doctors and the medical community tell us that something is impossible. So I have a very special guest today. Welcome in. How are you doing today? I'm sure everyone's going to know who you are, but let's introduce you. My name is Shari Queen, or on TikTok is Cowgirl Rockin', and on Instagram, Cowgirl Rockin', without the G. And uh, I own a CBD business and have been, um, my kind of story is, uh, I call it from Helen back. So I guess that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, that's why you're here. It's learning, like I said in the intro, it's learning to listen to your body, even when, especially now, it seems you have to go from doctor to doctor to doctor just to even get a prognosis or even just to get an answer, which may not even be the answer that you need or wanted anyway. So let's start it from the very beginning. Tell us your story. Absolutely. Um, It really did start in the beginning. I was born in the 70s and I was adopted. And back then they literally had zero on your adoption papers. The only thing that you got was your lineage. Um, If they had some sort of biblical background and the question on there was possibly, do you have um, cancer in your family or any heart problems? And that's it. So we knew nothing. Um, thank God, my mother, we did a private adoption and my mother got a little bit of information from her girlfriend who happened to work in the doctor's office. So I knew a kind of last name that might be you know, Taylor or Tyler. And I knew that I had three brothers. Other than that, I knew nothing. So when I was born, I literally was born with tuberculosis and I was in the hospital for um, approximately two weeks and almost died, therefore compromising my lungs. So I've always had lung issues, can't be around any smokers, any things of that nature. So it kind of started there. I mean, right away. And there was no, you know, emphasis on, hey, this is why she got it, or this is, you know, what's going on, or did I catch it at the hospital? You know, nothing. Mm -hmm. So as, you know, we progress and, you know, I was pretty healthy as a child. I didn't have really any issues other than I couldn't be around smokers. But um, about... seventh, eighth grade, when you're really awkward anyways, and not feeling really great about yourself, and you're kind of goofy looking, (laughs) I ended up having rheumatoid arthritis. 
and I had to wear those, if you've ever watched Forrest Gump, those wonderful little squeaky, I mean, full leg metal knee braces mm -hmm. because my knees would just go out. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. They took me to doctor after doctor. They couldn't find anything other than, oh, she's got juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. Well, they didn't do anything about it. They didn't know much about it, I guess, back then. Mm -hmm. And so here I went off to school, you know, from seventh grade until ninth grade with knees, <laughs> you know, it was horrible. Things turned around a little bit in high school. I didn't have quite as much going on. I, I did um, end up getting blinding migraines. Mm -hmm. They couldn't figure out why. I mean, to the point where my optical nerve would like black out. I couldn't see anything. I could hear audibly, but I couldn't see anything. And to this day, I'll still get them, but now I have remedies for it. So they, they started looking at me medically and saying, you know, she's got some autoimmune problems. She's got some issues, but they really didn't know how to check back then. So... For the most part, I was doing good. I was showing horses. I was training horses for other people. I mean, I did that for 22 years, started at age 10. I was very active, very thin, you know, didn't really have a lot of problems other than, you know, the, the little issues here and there. Later, it got um, a little bit heavier. Being, I, I lived in Arizona, and I had lived there all my life. I'm now in Texas, but uh, <laughs> I know I left you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Arizona wants you back. <laughs> I know. I know. Arizona needs me back. What can I say? Um, I ended up, um, we did a lot of work on farms and ranches and things of that nature. And I was no, you know, wimp by any means. I would get out and use crowbars and poor cement and everything else. And I ended up getting valley fever, mm. therefore compromising my lungs even more. Mm -hmm. And then something else would happen. And then I would get okay again. And then I had my son and I was fine for like three years, no problems other than a lovely divorce. But that was, <laughs> that was perfect for me. <laughs> That was a much needed change in my life. <laughs> that was a positive That was a direction. high point. Yeah. It was a positive direction. I got the best thing out of him, which is my son Haas, and it was it was great. But um I ended up at uh 29 years old and I was active, was running a boarding kennel, I was showing horses, I was a photographer. My husband and I owned a mechanical bull. We were going around to all the rodeos. I mean, we were active people. We were not sedentary. We were not anything. And, well, I say husband. I met my husband at 29. And um, mm -hmm. best man, I swear, he was a godsend. Um, probably the only reason I'm alive. I will tell you that right now. The only reason I'm even talking to you. We ended up getting married and um, not only did he 
take on my three and a half year old son at the point because um, his father was not in the picture. And so he adopted him and took on his name and everything else. But he took me on and all of my little idiosyncrasies and I can I can be special like all women. <laughs> we all can in our own way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we can all have our moments. I mean, we're not all sunshine and cherries. <laughs> but um, we, uh, we got married after only three months and meeting at a concert. And now we've been married. It'll be 22 years this year. So that's amazing. That's, that's a pretty good ride, I think. But um, very, very. <laughs> unfortunately, though, at uh, 29, we ended up um, getting married and had a, about a year and a half of just bliss, just awesome. I mean, we were running our mechanical bull, we were traveling, we were doing rodeos together, photography, you name it. We were doing everything and raising our son and then it was christmas day and my we had purchased into my parents business which was they owned a boarding kennel and they had owned one for 40 something years and they wanted to kind of retire and take off and so we purchased the house and half the business and so we decided okay you know we're gonna kind of we'll do the bull on the weekends and have fun and everything. And we'll do this full time. Well, at Christmas time, everybody goes away. So it's not, you know, a fun time for a boarding kennel. Yeah. So we had probably, you know, 170 animals in there. So, you know, you're feeding from morning to night, you're medicating, you're taking care of, you're bathing, you know, it's a long day. Mm-hmm. And at the time we had my uncle who has since passed away, which was, he was a vet and um, a POW and things of that nature. He was staying with us and his wife, my parents, my husband, my son. And so I had been cooking all day and also taking care of the boarding kennel. Mm -hmm. And I told everybody, I said, you know, I said, just give me five minutes to sit down and rest. I said, I just need a minute to take a breather. And then I said, I'll serve everybody, you know, Christmas dinner and we'll be off to the races, you know, y'all can eat. (laughs) And I guess that I went to sit down and when I did, they just heard this pop. And as they explained it to me, it was like a bomb went off and my dad had all these rocks that he collected. He's a rock hound. And they thought that one of the rocks had dropped off of the shelf or something. Mm -hmm. And they were all looking around and they were like, what, what was that? And they looked at me and my eyes, I was just tearing up and crying and I couldn't even talk. They were like, what's wrong? And I said, I can't move. And they said, what do you mean you can't move? I said, I can't move. Well, we lived least 30 miles out at that point so there was no hospital near us and so thank god we had an arena um because they life flighted me they called the life flight and asked them to come and land in our arena 
took me into UMC and um, which is one of the major trauma medical centers in Tucson. They said, um, <laughs> you need to go into emergency surgery. You have crushed two of the discs in your back and it has severed mm -hmm. the nerve to the left leg. And I had no feeling in my left leg at all. I was scared to death. I was having, the only thing I could feel was nerve surges. And they were so bad that like, even wind passing by would just, I was just in tears. I couldn't have anything touching me. I couldn't have clothing touching me. I couldn't have anybody walk by, nothing. So they went ahead and put me in surgery and that lasted, oh gosh, I want to say that that one was um, almost a 10 and a half hour surgery and the, the doctor had told me that I would probably never walk again, that he would try really hard, but I would probably never walk again. Mm -hmm. And so being newly married and having a little baby, you know, I'm sitting there going, well, well what am I going to do? You know, I, I, my livelihood is showing horses and taking care of animals and working and being a mom. And what do I do? Wow. You know? <laughs> So I kind of set my mind up right then and there. And I told him, I said, look, I said, uh, you get in there and you do your thing because I'm going to walk again. I guarantee you. And he looked at me and he just kind of shook his head and he walked off. And I said, well, all right. He says, I'm, I'm the best there is. He says, so if you'll walk, I guess you'll walk, but I doubt it. And he walked out. So basically he put me back together again and he took the discs out. He crushed them up and uh, put them in neoprene and he put them back in. But at this point he didn't put an H cage in or anything like that. He just kind of um, put them back in and fused them. And I thought, okay, he knows what he's doing. He's one of the best and we researched him. He was. I mean, not that we had a choice at that point, but he was. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but now here I went from physically moving and doing everything in the world to I'm bedridden and I'm in a wheelchair. I can't hold my child because every time he gets up on me, he's touching my leg and I'm screaming in pain and he doesn't understand why and he's crying. My husband's trying to, you know, take care of me and God bless him because he's a saint. People were telling him to leave, you know, why are you staying with her? Why are you staying there and taking care of her kid and, and her and this and that? You've only been married a year and a half. Just leave, you know, and he's like, that's not what you do when you take vows, you know, he says, I, I, did this for the long haul. So I, I thank God for him because he's the only reason I'm here. I guarantee you that that and, and a cat, but I'll tell you about that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my, um, 
my son had the most difficult time, I think, with it because he couldn't touch me anymore. He couldn't get on my lap. He couldn't. His mom wasn't his mom anymore. His mom that used to swing him around and play with him and throw him up on a horse and put him on the bull and, you know, play with the animals. I couldn't do any of that anymore. I was he would crawl up in bed on the side that didn't hurt and snuggle up to me, mm-hmm. you know, and that was now his life. So I kind of felt, you know, like I was pretty much worthless at that point, you know. Fast forward, basically, we did about two and a half years. And in the two and a half years, I did everything I possibly could from bed. I mean, I was taking dumbbells, soup cans, you name it, anything I could to make my muscles not atrophy and... My husband, even though it was excruciating pain, would move my leg that I couldn't move. And even him touching, it was just like, I can't even, I can't even explain. It was like somebody taking a hot poker and just stabbing me with it every time he would move my leg. But I didn't want to lose what I had. And I did anyways. I mean, it ended up being that within two and a half years, I went from a hundred and I think I was 137 or 140 at that point pounds. And within two and a half years of being bedridden and being on the medications and everything, I was at 308 pounds and I was wearing a size um, 28 pants. So in that moment, because you hear a lot of a lot of people say this, and I wanted to see if it was something you related to, because you were bedridden, did you almost feel like you were a prisoner or you were trapped in your own body? Like you just couldn't get back to where you were? Absolutely. I mean, your mind wanders all the time. The only way that I felt like I was living life was through the TV. I would watch travel um channels. I would watch documentaries. I would watch anything that would provoke my mind because, you know, the only thing I couldn't bring myself to watch was like horse shows and stuff like that. Cause I would just start bawling cause I just missed it so badly. But yeah, I mean, you're a prisoner. And so for 16 years, this went on, I was a prisoner in my bed And in a wheelchair, I was in a wheelchair for three of the years. And then I started to learn to go to therapy and learn how to walk again. And I mean, therapy five times a week. And then I would do therapy on the weekends by myself. And my husband would help me. I felt like I was going insane. Because I went from a normal, everyday person that could do everything and thought I was invincible Mm -hmm. to what I felt was nothing. And I was contributing nothing to my family, to my son, to my husband. I just felt like, you know, that's it. I'm done. And at that point, I mean, my son, (laughs) every time I went to have us he would give me this little cat (laughs) i had given him this cat that he liked to 
emulate what I did. So if I was grooming or whatever, he wanted to groom. So he, he had taken and groomed the whiskers off this cat. He had shaved it. I mean, the head was falling off. It was, it was the cutest thing. I still have it. And it, every time that I would go in for a surgery, he would say, Mama, you take this kitty. This kitty will protect you. He ta he'd take care of you. And I would say, okay, Hoffman, I will take this kitty. So every time, because the nurses were just like looking at this thing going, oh my gosh, its head is falling off. It's been bathed. It's been groomed. Its whiskers <laughs> are gone. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a hot mess. Let me tell you. They would put they would put the band, the same band that they put on your your wrist, they would put on its neck. So it's got like it's got uh, 17 bands around its neck now. And um, so at this point, because you do feel like you're a prisoner in your own body and you feel like you're not contributing to anything. I was home alone one day. My son was up at my parents. They had, they had decided to stay around for a little while and try to help. And so they had built a little mother-in-law place out on the property, on the other side of the property. And so he was over there and my husband had gone out to take care of all the animals and everything. And I was left to my own demise. Well, I carry a gun. And well, I have several guns, but I carry one. There's always one by the nightstand. And, and I thought to myself, you know what? My kid would be so much better off with if he, if my husband were to remarry, he would have a wife that he could live with and travel with and do things with. And he could raise my son and they could have a family unit. You know, they wouldn't have to stick around here and take care of me and bathe me and medicate me and all of these things. And I just got to that point that that was it. But that stupid cat was sitting on my dresser and it was staring me down. And I have a Glock and I had taken it out and it had 17 rounds in it. It was a high cap and I had it full on and I wasn't doing to my temple. I was full on in the mouth, going to go straight up because I was not going to miss. It was going to be a done deal. And mm -hmm. that damn cat kept staring me down. <laughs> and about that time, I have the Glock in my mouth. And my husband walks in and the look on his face, I'll never forget because I was like, oh my God, I let him down. I just, the look on his face was like, how could you ever leave me alone? How could you ever do that to me or your son? But in that moment, when you're locked in your own body and you can't get out, you're not thinking that, you know, you're thinking, gosh, they're going to be so much better off if you're not around. Mm -hmm. They're going to be so much happier if they can go and travel and enjoy life. And I wasn't thinking 
you know, especially with all the mental problems going on in society right now and everything else. And, you know, I wasn't thinking about who was going to find me, what it was going to look like, what it would do to them. I wasn't thinking about any of that. I was just thinking if I was gone, their life would be better. And that's where I was. And so the cat and my husband pretty much saved my life. And he took my guns away for about three years mm -hmm. <laughs> and locked them up. So I didn't get to go shooting or anything else or yeah, that, that was a, uh, definitely a low point. <laughs> Cause at that point, I'm sure you just felt like you were almost a burden because you couldn't help yourself and you almost felt like you were pulling them back from everything that they were able to do and enjoy. Exactly. And watching my son go from this thriving young man that was just like me, he wanted to try everything. He wanted to do everything. He wanted to, you know, I mean, he, he has a zest for life that is just like me. I mean, I'm, I'm nuts, man. I mean, you know, it rained here the other night and I went tubing down the culverts. I didn't want him to not live his life because he felt the burden of having to come home and take care of his mom. I wanted him to have a life where he could go out and, and experience things and travel and do things that he enjoyed, you know, mm -hmm. not have to just sit at home with me and figure, you know, oh, sorry, guys, I can't go with you, bro, because I have to go home, take care of my mom. You know, I didn't want that for him. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I will say that now looking at it, I'm extremely thankful that I didn't pull the trigger because I can now clearly look at everything and see what the demise other people's lives would have been had I taken mine. Who would have found me? What would have it looked like? What would it have done to their psyche? What would it have changed in their world? You know, I mean, it's just like, you know, we, we look at the Judds and, you know, that situation, it's so sad because you can't take it back. You know, you can't take it back. And now the ripple wave that's left behind for people, I think is so much worse than mm -hmm. getting help. But in that time, you, you don't see that. So, but now looking at where I am now, I think, God, I would have missed out on all this. I would have missed out on my son graduating and getting married and starting his own business and right. watching him travel mm -hmm. and, you know, doing all of the fun things that he's doing. It's just, it's crazy. Being with your medical condition, and I'm sure you were on a lot of medications and trying things, did this also affect kind of your mental health and your mental state? I mean, were you so-called, did you feel like yourself or did you feel like that roller coaster wave of things working, not working, struggling with that aspect of it? Oh, absolutely. I, I was a walking zombie. To be honest with you, I was on 18 different medications. 
Five of them were class five narcotics. And so I was just kind of going through life as a zombie. I, I, I didn't, you know, I, at some points when, when the medications would wear off, you were lucid and you were okay. But for the most part, you were just like, uh, you know, and I didn't want to live like that. And they kept doing surgery after surgery after surgery, and they couldn't figure out what was going on with me. And then finally they decided that, oh, well, maybe we should do some more testing. Because I was like, look, you know, we need to figure out what's going on here. This is getting to be ridiculous. I said, I can't be coming in for all these surgeries and be on all these medications all my life. So they went in and did some testing and found out that I had um, degenerative disc and bone disease. And basically what that does is it, it's a hereditary thing and it eats at all of your bones. So it was eating at my discs. It was eat, it, it's eating my teeth. It, I will eventually have to have false teeth. Um, right now, thank God with all the dentists that I've had, I'm doing very well, but, um, it was like this domino effect. It was crazy. You know, he would fix one area and the next area would blow. The next area would blow. So once they found that out, he was like, okay, this is ridiculous. We're going to go in and we're going to put in an H cage in your neck, an H cage in your back. Um, he put a pin in my neck as well. I, I pretty much say it's just to hold my head on straight, but, um, they took out. <laughs> she but always they, everything. You know. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm a little crooked. I'm a little off. So, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta laugh because if you don't laugh, you're just going to cry. So, mm-hmm. but at that point, um, they also decided that they were going to just go ahead and remove the rest of my discs, crush them all up. And what they do is so that your body accepts it is they crush them all up and they put them in neoprene. They put them in these little jar deals and they slap them back in. Hmm. Well, now I'm an inch taller, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) I'm not going to get shorter as I get older. But, um, now it can't crush down and I, it can't blow out anymore. Well, I shan't say that (laughs) it it can break. (laughs) The, the bad thing is, is in, um, February, I went to hug one of my friends at the bike shop and thank God he was shorter than me because I turned my neck and I went to hug him. And I blacked out and saw stars and slumped into to his arms. And he was like, oh, my God. And they put me down on the ground and they were like, what's going on? So they rushed me to the hospital and my neurosurgeon comes in. He goes, what did you do? And I said, what do you mean? What did I do? I, I just hugged someone. And he goes, no. He said, your test just came back. He says, do you realize your neck is barely on? And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, you broke your fusion. You broke your H cage. And he said, had you moved in a certain way? He said, you'd be a quadriplegic right now. 
So that's how hard-headed I am. So I just, <clears throat> yeah, imagine that. So I just um, have a small scar here. He went back in and uh, put a new H cage in. My neoprene discs were all fine, but uh, had to put a new H cage in because it broke the, the titanium cage and uh, broke um, the fusion. And I think the hardest part is, like you said, from being adopted, you don't have that back history. So you're kind of going into all of this with a guessing game along with the medical field of guessing of, could this be it? Could this be it? And, and not really knowing for sure what your past history even looked like. Um, my husband tells me, he says, well, he says, you know, you can't swim. Walking hurts you. And he's, he's one of those that gets on the computer and he does all of this, you know, research of, well, what, 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 what can I do to help her and this and that? In fact, he actually was an engineer and he, we quit running the kennel and everything. And he was an engineer for IBM and he quit and went back to school to become a nurse so that he could help take care of me at age 40. The key is, especially what we talked about in the beginning is listening to your body, knowing when something just doesn't feel right. And then continuing, because I know a bunch of listeners are probably going to hear this and, and agree that it's so frustrating to continue the process over and over and over when you feel like you get a head start and then you go 10 steps back and then you find something new and then you go 10 steps back. So it's being resilient for yourself and being an advocate for yourself in the medical field and, and shopping. I mean, we say it all the time. It's, it's like shopping for a date. You can shop for a doctor. And just because you don't connect with one or you're not getting the answers does not mean that you stop. No matter if they say that you're fine or that you're not fine, you know your body better than anyone. So kind of going into that that conversation and, and medicine and them, you know, I just did an episode about the big pharmaceutical companies and working with that. Um, for those listeners who aren't aware or familiar, you kind of went on the opposite spectrum of what most people think is the normal of if you have pain, take a narcotic. If you have, a, you know, a nerve or a muscle issue, take a muscle relaxer. So how did that and everything that you've been through, how did it lead you into kind of what you do now for those listeners that, that aren't familiar? So in 2017, my husband um, and I went on sort of a sabbatical. Uh, let's start talking. We had, we were fortunate enough that we, um, my best friend, her daughter and her husband were scientists for a major medical facility in <clears throat> the Tucson area, which will remain unnamed, but um, they freelanced with us and worked with us for two years. And we came up with, you know, okay, this is what we want to do. We want, first of all, I want to help myself. And anybody who's on board, I told my family, I said, I told my friends, I said, this is what we're doing. I said, if you guys want in and you want to try, you know, please, by all means, let me know and we'll set you up. We've got scientists, we've got nurses, we've got doctors. We were working with a whole team. And basically what we did is I told them, I said, I want it to be all natural and I want it to be vegan. 
I said, I, I have enough toxins and junk in my body. I don't want anything else. And so little by little, we worked on one thing at a time. And the first things that we started working on, of course, were the tinctures and the sublinguals that go underneath your tongue for CBD. <clears throat> but I also didn't want to get high. Um, I've never used an illegal drug in my life. and Although opioids, I mean, hello, but an illegal drug I've never used. And I didn't want that high feeling. I didn't, I wanted to be able to function in life and be present in life. You know, I wanted to be able to be a mom and be a wife and do all the things that I used to do. And I was getting back there. And so I told them, you know, we need to find an alternative. So we found what's called isolate, and isolate is the purest form of CBD that there possibly is. Um, as per Arizona law, we had to put that there was 0.02% THC. There is zero THC, but as per their law, you had to put that on the container. So we started working with um, people that had, you know, basically people that had chronic pain, cancer, neuropathy, sleep issues, anxiety, ADD, ADHD, um, you know, depression, you name it. We started working with them. We had people lining up to want to try you know, and then we had rescued a little dog also, and she was just a puppy and she could barely walk. I mean, the poor thing, gosh only knows, they had dumped her in a Starbucks and we um, saved her and took her to the vet and everything. And the vet says, well, you know, looks like she kind of has a little bit of hip dysplasia. She's got some joint problems. You know, and I'm like, okay. So we worked on the sublinguals for ourselves and for dogs. And that's where we started. And the next thing I know, I'm not in as much pain. And the next thing I know, I'm watching our dog and she's running around like she's a puppy. And this is a dog that couldn't jump on anything, couldn't jump off of anything, couldn't go on walks nothing. I mean, she could walk around the house like she was a little old lady and she was maybe, I mean, she was so tiny when we found her. By the time that we had gotten, you know, the formula together, she was probably about four months old. And within maybe three months, she was running around and jumping up on the couch and jumping down off the couch. And I'm like, wow. And then we had people going, you know, I'm sleeping through the night now. I'm off all my meds. You know, I had, we were working, Ken worked at uh, the VA. And so he started working with several of our veterans. And of course, all of this was for free. And we were helping people with PTSD and people who were wanting to kill themselves and people who were having night tremors and things of that nature and and they were it was going away so by working with with the scientists and working with 
everybody's body and doing all of the little changes and twitches and you know because basically we worked out an algorithm on your height your weight your activity level so now when people call me and i tell them please call me because i'll give you a consultation so it's kind of like you're you're going to call you're going to be kind of like at your doctor's office we go through everything and and there are some personal questions but you know we're hepa so we don't share with anybody anything about you unless you ask to have your story told then absolutely but um we've we've worked with tons of people and i mean now we've literally gotten an, an entire line of not only salves to help with you know sore muscles and migraines i mean now my migraine mm -hmm. this is so funny we've learned um with the scientists and everything that not only does the migraine medication work for migraines and sore muscles it smells great but um for us <clears throat> not you but for me being an older gal it works really awesome using it underneath your eyes <laughs> Um, for those bags and everything, it takes all of the swelling out. It works awesome on your cuticles. So we're finding as we're going through this really cool, you know, wave of, of learning everybody's bodies and what you can do with it, all these new different things. So now we've also gotten into a skincare and it's just, it's just basic skin you know, care, it's one simple bottle. You don't have to use 50 million things. I think with, uh, I think with the industry, it's becoming the new normal. Um, I know you and I have talked and I dealt with after COVID, um, I dealt with a lot of very odd medical issues. I went from being completely healthy, working out, being a weightlifter all the time, um, being super active, having no issues to getting COVID um, in early 2020 before they even knew what it was called. And I went into a complete decline of massive migraines. Um, at that time, I was only 34. I would have days and even weeks at a time where I wouldn't even remember where I parked my car going to pick up a prescription at the pharmacy. And there were only two to three vehicles in the parking lot. I wouldn't remember what kind of car I had. I wouldn't remember driving. Um, there were moments where I didn't even remember how to get my dog back to my home when out on a walk. And I would get massive, almost like pressure or a headaches. And then there was no warning. Um, there were often times that I would get one so severely that my eye, like you said, my whole optic nerve, I would just go completely black. And that's really scary when you continue and continue to kind of track these patterns of what you think might be happening. And then the minute you think you have something figured out, it's out the window. So I, I was blessed because my mom works for the Mayo Clinic here in Arizona. And after going and getting nerve block injections almost twice a week and trying all of these new medications constant, 
Um, I've got all the way up to 2000 milligrams twice a day on Topamax. And we know that that drug is not favorable for a lot of different reasons. Um, being, being into health and fitness and working out, um, I had my levels checked and my blood work checked at Mayo was told like, okay, you're on a very, very high dose. Is it working? Well, it just depends on the day. And then it turned into, um, in, you know, up, increase your sodium, increase your salt. Well, I don't like salt and I don't want to put that into my body. So I reached out to her company kind of at like my wits end of that moment of like, I'm a prisoner in my own body. There's days that I can't even go outside because I don't even want the heat. And I live in Arizona and I've learned that now the heat is a trigger. So I'm not in the best spot. Um, but I went to her and it was kind of like that last resort of if this works, I have nothing to lose. If it doesn't work, I have nothing to lose. And for listeners, it's such an amazing opportunity of what she provides because you can basically give her your medical history without any judgment. Cause I've, as you've heard, she's been pretty much through everything and more. And you get something that is so specific for you and your body. And I use her products for migraines. I use the face cream, my dog who's 11 and she's trying to keep up now with a new puppy. She takes the CBD. So I think one of the main issues or kind of the main concern, because I mean, I'll, I'll put her on here. My mom is very old school and it's, well, it's still a drug or, you know, if we get tested, like I have a lot of followers that are in law enforcement, you know, veteran. Well, if we get tested, we're done. I can't take that. So for listeners, is there an option for that or how does that work with testing? Absolutely. Okay. My husband works for the federal government. He takes and uses every single product we have. He gets tested weekly and he gets tested for CBD. So um, that's why we wanted to go with isolate because A, I didn't want the high. B, I didn't want other people putting toxins in. And the isolate literally goes in and it that's it is it is more expensive but we keep it at a price that everybody can afford and there's always codes on my instagram you know you'll have a code everybody you know i always try to do sales send out things so that everybody can afford it and and if people can't then they can always call me and we can talk about it i mean i'm i'm here to help people but Isolate literally goes and what they do is they take out any impurities in the plant. I mean, even if it's been grown in like water that was tainted or anything, you know, that may have gotten into it, they go through and they take out all the impurities. So all you're left with is the good parts of the hemp plant. That's it. You're not going to test dirty. I have people that work for Raytheon, which they build bombs, people. I have FBI people that come to me. I have cops. I have fire department. I have federal employees who get tested weekly. And I never have had anybody come back. CDL licensed drivers you know, they get tested constantly and they do test for CBD period. They, they will Mm -hmm. test them for CBD now. 
and we have not had one person come back dirty. And the reason being is because we use isolate only. And mm -hmm. that's the purest form. It's going to have the most potency. It's going to do the best for your body. You know, I mean, and if you work closely with me and you, you work the program that I give you, I guarantee you it's going to do something. Each and everybody has a different metabolism and, and CBD metabolizes differently in everybody because some people are more sedentary. Some people are more, you know, they like to go and work out. They like to cycle. They like to whatever. Um, and it all depends on your height, your weight, what you do, you know. And so we've been able to literally get people off of their medications. We've been able to... I mean, there's, there is a 10 year old boy, this, uh, this kills me. He has autism so badly. His dad called me crying and, and he was just like, I heard about your company through a friend. They live in Fresno and he, he is allowing me to, to tell this just so everybody knows. Um, and he was like, he's 10 years old he's 220 pounds. He can't see certain colors. I can't take him to the mall. I can't do anything with him. He's throwing himself at me. I can't, I can't physically take care of him anymore. He's inaudible. Um, he throws things. He was starting to beat on his wife. You know, I mean, they were just, they were in a really bad way. And I told him, I said, look, I said, you know, this was when we were really new in the company. And I said, I really don't know. I'm let me talk to the scientists. Let me talk to our doctors. Let me get back to you. And I did. And I, and I sent him a free bottle and I said, look, I said, this is the plan. You know, they're very, very sensitive to taste and everything. So we had to do, um, we had to do a mint and we had to do it in soda which is not really great, but I'll tell you what, he called me about two months in because it does take about a, a month to a month and a half to get your full baseline in, um, especially at that poundage. And he called me in tears and I thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? You know, did I hurt him? Uh, you know, I was feeling horrible. And he goes, no, he says, you don't understand. And I said, what? He goes, not only is he calm and he sent me video, he's playing and he started crying and he goes, he said his first word today. Aww. And I was like, what? <laughs> he said, he said, dad. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like 10 years old. Can you imagine having a 10 year old son that you just love to death and you can't control? And then now they're able to go out to dinner. They're able to take him to play zones. And he said, dad, you know, he said, I can't thank you enough. And so now we've been working with them for a little over a year and a half now. And he's losing weight. He's playing. He's able to actually interact 
somewhat with other children now. Um, he has now said mom. So, I mean, you know, there's things like that. And I think that's key for, for listeners is this doesn't just have to be in a part of your life or your regimen or your routine just for pain. So you help with anxiety, ADHD, depression, PTSD. So it's not something a lot of people think, oh, well, CBD, well, I don't have pain. And now with the the mental health crisis that we're dealing with, this can be used for a so many different things that, like you said, you're still learning what can be used for something that may work for somebody. So it's reaching out. And like I said, in this day and age, I feel like we have nothing to lose by trying something that is so natural to put in your body, considering everything that we've tried. Um, I know I've had a couple of people on my podcast that have talked about anxiety and depression. Um, I have a I have a podcast episode with a POW, and it's learning and listening to your body and knowing like, hey, you know what? I have this. I struggle with this because for me, it was really. I wouldn't say it was an embarrassment, but I almost felt defeated that the medicine that was supposed to work for everybody else didn't work for me, and. I went to so many neurologists that were like, well, this should have worked for you. Or are you really sure that you feel this way? Well, just go exercise some more. I was in the gym constantly. Nothing's working. And when you have a massive migraine and you're just losing everything about yourself, the last place you want to be is working out at the gym, having all this salt intake. It's just, it's not functioning for me. So it's getting past that almost defeated moment of like, hey, you know what, this maybe worked for everybody else. It's not working for me of, hey, I'm ready to try something that doesn't have all these side effects, that doesn't make me a zombie, that doesn't cut my actual day-to-day life down because she'll work with you. She like It was a total just new life of, okay, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's like the perfect, there's no perfect pill because all of us, we wouldn't have any problems if there was. But it's learning to manage your symptoms. And I would much rather have a slight pressure headache versus having no memory, laying in bed for hours at a time without even being able to, because all the neurologists, oh, we'll just use an ice pack. When you get to that point, you can't even touch your own skin. It gets so brutal. So I highly encourage listeners, even if you have maybe been on the fence of like, you know, this is a drug, look at it as something different because big pharma, you're taking a drug that is destructive to your body. Um, at 34, my kidneys were so out of control. I couldn't even see straight. And what they give you to help one part of the problem in return spirals and just becomes a web of even more problems that you never thought you would have. So I highly encourage everyone to come to your website. I'll put it in the bio so people have a direct link and just give it an opportunity because everybody's body is different. But when you put something natural in your body, you will get a whole other outlook on maybe some of the other things you've been suffering from and kind of just putting to the side. 
to wrap this up, I will definitely put all of your information um, in the bio portion of this episode. Um, for anyone that follows me on Instagram as well as TikTok, it's also going to be on the regular portion of the website if you do not have access. Um, I will have her information. It's listed under the business sponsor and discount code section. So if you're not ready right now, or if you're just kind of in the investigative stage, so to speak, of you want to see what this possibility could be, it is fully available to you at any time to just point and click and get some information. So thank you again so much for coming on, being so vulnerable and just amazing and incredible with your story because I know it's going to touch at least one listener. And thank you for everything your business is doing and you're continuing to do. I know that this is just the very start. And um, again, thanks for coming on. I look up to you more than you know. Um, you have the most amazing heart and amazing soul ever. And the fact that you want to help people just to know that you were able, like you said, to help one person just means the world to me in a society where it's let me see what I can get. It's with you guys. It's always let me see what I can give. So thank you for being on and vulnerable and just your amazing self and sharing your story with all of us. Well, thank you for what you're doing. I mean, seriously, you're going to, you don't realize it yet, but you're going to blow up and you're going to help so many people and what a blessing you're going to be. You really are. Thank you. You, you Thank have you. a shine, you have a shine that you don't even know. And, and, um, it's, it's coming out and I can't wait to see where you go, doll. I cannot wait to see where you go. Well, thank you. I'm always a phone call away. You know that. And, um, Arizona misses you so much. So I will either be coming to Texas to visit you very soon or whenever you're back home, let me know. And again, thanks for coming on. And I just wish you guys the utmost blessings. Thank you so much. And your room is always ready. Thank you so much for tuning in with me and spending your time hanging out. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast and a special thank you to all our sponsors. Make sure to check them out. If you have any tips or topics, feel free to email me at littlebitoflifecast at gmail.com. Or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at littlecute1az. You never know if your topic will be next. Be sure to join me again for another episode of Little Bit of Life. Until next time, stay positive, stay blessed.